Hey man, listen, we're ready to do an altar call now. <laughs> I'm jacked up. Uh, I'm thankful, privileged. Listen, a, a Father's Day um, celebration for me. Just to just please pray with me. If you remember to pray with me tonight, my dad's supposed to be coming back to Chad's Hope tomorrow. Um, last year he came through the program, graduated the program. Me and him worked together in full-time ministry. It's the first time I ever experienced fellowship with my dad in my life. And, uh, you know, he went back out into the world, stumbled up, got him bondage again. But tomorrow he is committed to come back to the ministry. So I'm praying that, uh, that God will do something awesome. So I'm excited about it. So I'm pumped up about Father's Day. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this word because I believe sometimes I have to struggle to try to find something myself um, just out of what I've learned. But I really believe in prayer that the Lord impressed this word upon me. And, you know, Clay's been going through the Holy Spirit sermons, and, and they've, been, they've been messing with me bad. Like, they've been hitting me hard. And the other day he was up here, and he had, uh, he had that little balloon. And he blowed it up, and, and he let it, uh, please overlook my language, by the way, because I am as country as it gets. If my wife was here, she'd be trying to correct me every five seconds. I know I say words that probably don't even exist, but you'll catch along. And, uh, but listen, I, I, wanna, I really want to stop real quick. My name is Force Quillen, and um, if, if you guys don't know me, I love this church. I love this ministry. I love Donald Sims. I love Clay Bishop. They have came into my life and, and helped me to mature as a young man. And so I'm so thankful for this church, for this body, because literally it has helped me develop in life. Uh, I had no clue what it was to be a man. Like, I'm one of the most rude, selfish, arrogant people that you can possibly imagine coming from a, a background of drug addiction, no family, no love, no nothing, just streets, you know what I mean? Like, and so God has been very gracious to me, and I'm so thankful for this church. Amen. So Clay was up here with this balloon, and uh, amen, amen, that's good. So Clay was up here with this balloon a couple weeks ago, and, and he showed this demonstration. And I promise, man, it, I about got wrecked out there. I thought, I was like, oh, my goodness. But he showed this balloon withered up. And I'm going to be honest with you. I just felt like that was me right there at that point in time. And it, and it really broke my heart because I know that God wants me to develop in him. I know that God wants me to be filled in him and it, and it breaks me and hurts me and bothers me when I get to these places in life that I feel like I've withered up, that I've stopped growing, and that I've stopped pursuing the fullness that God has for me to pursue. And so when Clay showed me that, you know what I mean, it really struck me, bothered me, and I got down on my knees and I began to pray and ask God. And one of the things that God began to show me was this, that I was connecting surface level. And I want to talk to you about that. Today, because what I'm going to be speaking on today is called knitted together, knit together. And I want to talk about surface level because for me, not like I'm talking about all aspects, like my family, I'm talking about the ministry, like I'm a director at Chad's Hope. I got 30 people under me. I run a ministry here at the church. Like I found myself in a season that I literally have withdrawn myself. I've withdrawn myself to the depth of what God's calling me to do, and it's causing my spirit and myself 
to wither up inside of me. So I'm talking to God and I'm trying to figure this out. And I'm like, Lord, help me and show me this. And Clay's up here talking about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's dealing with me. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is always trying to pour out the love of Christ into our hearts and to grow into that love and to experience the fullness of that love. So for me, whenever I'm under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and I'm trying to deal with this in prayer, the Lord's really starting to show me how I'm just connecting surface level with other people. And if I want to experience the love of God, if I want to grow up into the fullness of the head of Christ, if I want to mature as a man of God, I have got to learn how to be conscious, aware, and focused on loving and allowing love to pour through me. So, and, and look, man, this is, I mean, look, we just went through COVID. I mean, there is a trend going on right now in the culture that we're in in the world like I got guys come in and like one of the big things for them is like they have a mindset that says I need to get out of this program and I need to stand on my own two feet I need to be away from my family I don't need anybody's help I need to learn how to be independent before I can become a man listen I don't see that in scripture anywhere Nowhere throughout Scripture. Actually, in Genesis, it says a man will leave his mother and father and cling to his wife. I don't see this place that says 16, 17, he needs to go out into the world, you know what I mean, try to figure out what it is to be a man by being all alone, separating himself from his family and everybody else, and then whenever he's in, independent and he, can, and he can maintain out in the world, then he's a man. Like, I don't see that. So, the, so there's this, this trend and this culture that I feel like in the world that pushes us sometimes to withdraw, to find independence. And I understand that that can be very dangerous, especially with my guys, because I have to teach them what it is to embrace church family, to embrace family and say it's okay to be a part of family until God draws you into another family. Because that's what I see in Scripture. It's from family to family. It's not go out and be on your own and pitch your own tent and then push everybody away. It's from family to family and experience in that family is, I believe, where we find life. And so, look, I want to get into the scripture today. I want to talk about some things, and we're going to start out in Ephesians 4. We're going to start out in Ephesians 4, verse 14. And we're going to read through this, and it says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of man and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. From the work of the body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does it share, causes growth of the body for edifying of itself and love. So this is the scripture that's been speaking to me, really for me coming to God and my weaknesses. You know, it, it starts out and it talks about being immature, being like a child, tossed to and fro. And then it talks about, it talks about maturing it talks about that we may grow up instead of being a child that's just tossed about here and fro and withered up, that we may grow up in all things into him who is the head and that is Christ. 
But then it goes on to talk about the body and it says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. And it says that the effective working of every part causes growth. And I don't know about you guys, but listen, whenever I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I was for real. <laughs> like, like, I'm not taking it back. Like, this is yours. Do what you want to do in my life. Like, I'm willing to follow you for the rest of my life until death bring us together. Let's go. And, and so one of the things I know about in the Christian walk is this, is that we are always to be pursuing and growing into Christ. And the Holy Spirit is one of the biggest motivators for us to never settle, to never stop growing into the head, into the fullness of God. If you want to look at the work of the Holy Spirit, it is literally always prompting us, leading us, and pushing us into the fullness of God, into a more mature state with Jesus Christ, if we're sensitive to that. And so like when I get convicted, it's because I find myself in this place that I have withdrawn from the pursuit, that I have withdrawn from the journey of experiencing maturity, of experiencing growth. So today I want to really just get in, listen, to what it is, to what it is to find growth in the body, seeking maturity, seeking unity with the body causes growth. Amen. I like Psalms. I mean, immediately, I mean, all throughout Scripture, there's, there's Scripture, Scripture upon Scripture. You know, Psalms 131, 133.1, it says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen. Literally, you see a theme throughout all Scripture of this thing we call synergy. Synergy, a theme of synergy. And, and throughout all Scripture, you've seen it. And what synergy is, is synergy is, is the combined force. You know, you get this thing out of Ecclesiastes where it talks about, you know, the combined force. One mule can pull a thousand, but two mule can pull ten thousand. You get a combined force and it's called synergy of people coming together. And throughout all scripture, there is a theme you see at the, the garden. It is not good for man to be alone. You, he's putting him together with a helper, with helpmate, with other people. Because there is a plan here. You see at the Tower of Babel, when they unite together, it said if they put their minds together with the same language, nothing will be impossible to them. So they had to separate. So you see this power at work throughout all Scripture. Then you get to the body of Christ, and it talks about them gathering together. And then you see the Holy Spirit show up and just blow the roof off of the place. Like you see this effective work and this theme of synergy going throughout all Scripture. And I want to get into Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 4, because, I mean, this really just breaks it down, and, and this is where a lot of people go to, but it says two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone, for when he falls, he has no one to help him up again. If two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. Listen, for me, whenever it gets into talking to this, listen, I'm honestly thinking about, 
you know, like me and my wife, when we got married, obviously we, we, we pull this up and, and we do this thing. And, I, and I, I have to say, without a doubt in my mind, more than any other man on the face of the planet, God has used my wife to help me mature, to help identify my weakness and help me to grow more than any other man in my life. But at the same time, I really like this scripture because literally it is a warning to those people who withdraw from other people. And he's saying, be careful not to withdraw yourself from other people because when you're alone, it's going to be more difficult to get up when you fall. It's going to be more difficult to stay warm, to keep growing, to be healthy. That's saying, it says two or better one, then it goes on to say, well, but three, and I'm sure you just keep adding to that and you're just going to continue to experience Synergy Unlocked and that's the same theme that goes throughout Scripture. So like I'm at this place that I come to church every Sunday, I go to work every day, I come home every day, and I've realized that it's all surface level. And listen, this is my conviction, this is, this is just kind of what God's teaching me and what he's leading me through right now, that it's all surface level. And don't get me wrong, like I, I'm having experiences you know what I mean? Like I'm having experiences in church. I have experiences at home. I have experience. But what I see is that it's all surface level and I could only stay on surface level so long before things begin to get unhealthy for me. So like when I come to church, I'm just here. You know what I mean? Like I'm here, I do my thing and then I get out. When I come, when I come home, literally it's almost the same way at my house or my wife and my family. Like I have a hard time connecting. I feel like just because I'm there... I'm spending time with my family, and that should be good enough. Like, I'm here. I'm there. I'm, I'm giving you my time. I'm not out with my friends. I'm not running. All, I'm here. So, therefore, this should count for me giving time to my family. When I go to work, I can go into my office and just do my thing, and I separate myself from 30 guys that are out there desperate for the gospel desperate for the nurturing of Jesus Christ for being poured into. And like I come in, listen, I got 15 dudes lined up at my door waiting for me to walk in. You know what I mean? And it's easy for me just to put my head down, focus on what I need to do, and just be surface level. And this is, this is, this is really where I want to get into the main theme. And the reason that, that I chose Ephesians, because I, I love what it says there. It says, it says, being joined and knitted together. And what I want to do is I want to talk about the difference between joining and knitting. Because I believe that, like even, look, you read, Clay's been going through the gifts of the Spirit this week. And, it, and, it, and, and you know, you get into 1 Corinthians 14 and all throughout it, it says, when you assemble together. And then tongues and then the power of God shows up in these gifts. So when you assemble together, there is experiences by God to be had when you join together, when you gather together. But I want to go into this deeper level of being knitted together. And what that means, because that's where I am in my life. I'm trying to figure this out in the fellowship, not just with the church, but with my family, with other people, with every area of my life that I'm not just being a surface level person that's coming. I'm getting the experiences, but yes, something inside of me knows that I need to go deeper. Something inside of me knows that there's a door here and I don't know what's beyond that door, but I know that this is unhealthy for me just to stay here at this surface level place. 
So I'm trying to find my way into this depth, into this knitting. So I want to get into this and let's talk about this because I like what, uh, I like what Todd Stalker says. He has this quote. He has this quote and he says, somewhere along the line, church became a weekly event rather than a gathering of people who did life together. Small groups opened up a few months back, and I remember Clay was talking to me. He'd asked me, you know, you, you and Case in a small group. And listen, I'm, I'm an honest person. Sometimes I struggle being honest, but I'm a very honest person. So I called Clay up one night, and I was just real with him. I was like, look, Clay, man, I, I'm just going to be real with you right now, bro. I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I have to express myself what I'm thinking. Dude, I don't think small groups are for me because I don't think I'm going to get anything out of it. And that's just me being real. I don't think I'm going to get anything out of it. And I remember Clay said something to me that messed me up. You know how that happens. You know? <laughs> he said, Forrest, you know, I've been walking with you for the past how many ever years. And he said, I've always seen in you that you are attracted to the people that you feel like you can glean from that you can receive something from, that you can take something from. But it's like when it comes down to just having relationship, it's like you want to run from it because you don't feel like there's no benefit for you there. He said, Force, at some point in time, you're going to learn that it's in the relationship and the common level communion with the body that you literally learn to find life together and experience together. And I was like, man... I've been missing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been looking for the nuggets and overlooking the treasure chest. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I've got to learn how to have this relationship with people. Because you can find experience in joining and gathering, but you can find life and fellowship and being knitted together. And I'm not going to lie, like, this, this is difficult for me. And some people think, oh, you know, you're, you're an extroverted person. Like, it's nothing for me to get on stages and speak to thousands of people. But when it comes to getting intimate, like, <laughs> I'm on the go. You know what I mean? Like, you ask people in my work, like, I get frustrated when people try to talk to me too long. Like, I'm giving them the prep talk. Like, listen, I'm young. I ain't got time for this. I need you to get to point A, B, and C. Let me give you the answer. I got things to do. Like, I'm not, like I, I can be very rude, and I'm not trying to be like that, but I'm trying to learn how to find life in this. Fellowship. Fellowship is the act of entering into communion with others by the giving of yourself. Fellowship is the act of entering into communion with others by the giving of yourself. And listen, I'm gonna, I'm, this is probably where I fell at because of my mindset. Because of my mindset when I come to church. Because of my mindset when I get home to my family. Because of my mindset when I'm going to work. It's, it's not about me giving myself sometimes. I forget about that. Don't get me wrong. You give me a test and I'm going to mark the right answer. But when it comes to living it out sometimes, sometimes I forget to be intentional about today. I'm not going to worry about my agenda 
Today, I'm not going to just mark this off. Like today, I'm literally going to go in and I'm going to give myself to somebody. Like I'm going to be intentional when that person that aggravates me that I don't want to talk to, as soon as I walk through the door is right up in my face, then I'm going to find the patience, that I'm going to find the opportunity to sit down and just give myself to them. Because look, I'm not good at giving myself. I'm good when it's about me. Like I'm good when I'm going to get something from this. You know what I mean? Like Clay's preaching on the Holy Spirit. Let's go. <laughs> I'm there because I'm coming to get something. But like when it's like, hey, uh, let's do Saturday morning prayer group on Facebook. Hey, let's meet up at the, uh, the campgrounds and spend time together as a church family. Hey, let's, let's do Wednesday night small groups. Like, oh, man, what's in it for me? Matter of fact, I don't even know if I'm comfortable with that. I don't even like the idea of that. How about that? <laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> but then I have to come back to a place that I have to be intentional about fellowship. I have to be intentional about giving myself. This is not about me. This is not about what I'm going to take away from this. This is about me giving myself to the body. It is good. Hallelujah. It is good. <laughs> because I'm telling you, you've got to have the right mindset. Because if you don't have the right mindset, listen, it's easy for our motives to become selfish. And we'll just throw things off the table real quick. Like my mindset is, uh, do, do I want to do it? No. Is it comfortable? No. Do I get anything out of it? Probably not. So I'm not doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the wrong mindset because that's not. Look, let's, let's, let's look at some scripture. Hallelujah. <laughs> Philippians 2. Let's look at Philippians 2. Philippians 2, 1 through 4, it says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Listen, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but for the interest of others. Do you not remember in Ephesians, it says when the body comes together that each part, each part has a meaningful, special role to play. And when each part is playing that role, that meaningful, special role, it says it causes growth. Not just the worship team. Not just Clay, because that's, that's what messes me up, because it's easy to gather, and then me just sit back here and feel like I ain't got to do nothing. I just came to sit down, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I got an appointment, 1 o'clock. <laughs> like, it's easy to get caught up into that, but the truth is, it's it, where I find the giving of myself, and then I play a role, it's in those uncomfortable moments where I'm being invited to come online and prepare at 9 o'clock in the morning on Saturday when I'm trying to sleep in as long as I can. Hallelujah. If I can make it to 12 o'clock. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> I find those moments whenever I need to come up to a campground and I need to challenge myself and push past these things. Like these are where I find the moments that I get to play a role in things. It's in the fellowship. It's in the uncomfortable moments. 
First Peter 3, 8 says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessings. Knowing that you are called to do this, that you may inherit and bless. And it's a mindset. It says, be one in mind together. Make sure you're not being selfish. Make sure you're not being puffed up, but lowly in a mindset where you put other people's first, that this is not about you. I'm not going to spend time with my family because of what I can reap from them. I'm not going to, to work at this job and import part Christ of these people because of what I can reap from it. I'm not going to spend time with my church family because of what I can reap from it. This is a lowly mindset of fellowship that I have connected to the mind of Christ and I am saying I am going to give myself unto this body. And if whatever they need and whatever I have to offer, which I don't know, but when I get there, I'm, I'm open and I'm willing to just find experience with the body and life with the body and play my part. <laughs> like this is important. Listen, I keep going back because there's so much good stuff in Ephesians 4. I mean like, man, it is just packed right there. It says, the effective working by which every part does its share. And I want to continue to speak that every part has a share. Every part has a share. You have a share in this. You have a share in the fellowship of the body, and it's more than just gathering one time a week. Like you have a share in becoming a family. You have a share in becoming a power of God working in and through us as a body. You have a share in this. Because the truth is, if you just lead it up to the leaders that are here and think that, listen, we will never meet our potential as a church to impact this community. Never. But when we come together, when we join together as a body, even if we don't know what we can do or why we can do or why we're showing up, but we're just trying to find life together and experience together and we're coming there to give ourselves, and all of a sudden God begins to manifest himself among us and ideas begin to come up. Ministries begin to be created. Things begin to flow out. People and salvation begins to happen in the community. And we're not, it's not like we're even like doing these big things together. We're just having life together and experience together. So like I'm trying to jump into that. <laughs> and it's like I'm having this moment with God that he's showing me how important this is and the reason why it's so easy for me to withdraw. Like I drove all the way to Jellico, Tennessee and I was talking to this director and I told him, I'm like, look, man, I'm withdrawing from everything. I don't want to be around people. I don't want to be around nothing. Actually, I don't even, I'm, I'm about at the point that I'm trying to withdraw from my own commitments. And he said, Forrest, he said, this is what I learned being in ministry this whole time. When people try to withdraw themselves from their commitments and other people, it's because they're lacking intimacy. And the truth is, listen, when intimacy is developed, not only just in your personal relationship with Jesus, but you encounter levels of intimacy with Christ in the body, gathered together in the body. You begin to experience the intimate Holy Spirit loving through you, working through you, sharing together in the body. And so like one place that I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be an unhealthy Christian. I'm not trying to settle anywhere. I'm passionate about growth. 
I'm passionate about moving forward into the head of Christ. And I believe, even though I've not exercised it good, but I'm seeing something that God's putting in front of me. And I believe in the knitting together of the body. I believe in the fellowship of the church. I believe in the fellowship of the family. I believe that there is a deeper level than just a gathering that you are literally knitted together and you begin to experience life. And so I want to talk about some challenges that I personally have that I see moving forward. I want to talk about some challenges and barriers to fellowship. The first challenge is the challenge of yourself. Because again, <laughs> the challenge of yourself, excuses, uncomfortability, being introverted or shy. Listen, I am an awkward person. I'm going to be real. I think that I'm awkward. Like I'll go talk to somebody and be like, dude, that dude's never going to talk to me again. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I am a really awkward person. Like, when God started dealing with me about this, about fellowship and connecting with the body, like, I had to be intentional about it. So, like, last week or something, there was some people over here, and I was gathering up. And usually the comfortable thing for me to do when I walk in a room and there's a bunch of people is to get whatever I need to get or do whatever I need to do and go jump in the corner or just pretend like I'm walking out all good, like you know saying, and dip. Like, okay, I seen you guys. I showed up. I did what I was supposed to do. Now I'm out. But last week I came in. And I'm like, okay, God, like, I need to connect. I need to, I need to figure out how to have fellowship. And so, like, I found, I found some guys, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna engage in conversation right here. <laughs> and this person might think I'm weird. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's about to happen. So I took some steps out, and all of a sudden, like, when it began to happen, like, it was sweet. It was really sweet. You know, because sometimes, like. I ain't getting into that. I will in a second. I ain't getting into it right now. <laughs> I found that it was sweet and that it was good and it was healthy. But listen, I could have sat there and done all kinds of excuses to myself. Like, look, I'm a shy person or I'm an awkward person or I'm a weird person or I really, I'm just uncomfortable. I have this presence of uncomfortability just being around people. I don't like it. Like, there's a bunch of challenges within us because I promise you this, that the fleshly man doesn't want you to experience fellowship with the body. And if you have a flesh, which we all do, I promise you you're going to get some resistance from it when it comes to experiencing and stepping into fellowship and being knitted together in a body that is connected to the head, that's Jesus Christ. You're going to find some barriers there. You're going to find some challenge within yourself. The second thing, the second challenge is others. Ooh, this one's good. Hallelujah. <laughs> others. What does the Bible say? It says, love others. Glory. And I, no, I'm going to be real. Like, I've seen this probably play out more than I've seen anything play out. And, that, and that's real. Not, not just from others, but even at myself at times. I'll look and I'll judge things. And I'll make accusations about things. And I'll set up this scheme of things. And I'll look at other people's flaws. And I'll let it aggravate me. You know what I mean? Like, pfft. I let it out. Like, listen, dude, I will literally, like, straight, I've judged, straight up judged people before, before I even knew them. Hey, look at that person right there. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, for real, I'm just being honest and real because I know what it is. 
Like, I know what it is to set back. Listen, we got a lot of young people, and you got to realize there's a lot of people in this church that have been raised up together, that have lived together their whole entire life. Like, even, even in the leadership parts of the church, they live together. So, like, even walking in a room sometimes, I wasn't raised here, lived here. Like, and I walk into a room sometimes, and I'll see those people connect. <laughs> I'm for real though. It's easy to look and be like, oh man, they clicked up. But I'm not even trying. I'm waiting for them to like break the gaze away to see me over in the corner and come running like I'm a superstar. So, hey, what's up, man? Everybody forces walked in the house. <laughs> like it is difficult. To try to connect and take a step of faith where you engage somebody that, yeah, listen, last week I engaged two people that, that I've never even talked to before. And it went really good. <laughs> it actually went really good, and I, and I enjoyed it. But I'm telling you, if you're not careful, it's so easy for the flesh to look at other people and look at their flaws and, and make up these things in your mind that causes you, that gives you reasons not to connect to the body. And we have to pray about that and we have to push past that. And don't get me wrong, listen, people are people and I promise you they'll hurt you. I promise you they will. But that's why this whole Bible is written on love. Learning how to love, learning how to overlook, learning how to care for one another, be tender-hearted to one another, be compassionate and overlook the humanity of people and just learn how to have life and love each other through Jesus Christ. Like that's, that's where we are. And, and listen, like I have to experience this. Like it's so crazy like how I could ace a test. Like I could get 100 on a test laying in front of me. I'm going to ace that thing. But when it comes to walking this out, it's like I forget all of a sudden. Like immediately I'm back in my own comfortability of my carnal mindset operating and just like, what is this? And judging everything out of wrong things. Like, listen, I have to be intentional. And the Holy Spirit leads us to this place that he shows us this, that he gives us this, and that he prompts us into fellowship with the body. And I'm so thankful that Clay's been preaching on the Holy Spirit because this is what the Holy Spirit has been imparting into me and showing me the importance of fellowship with the body because it's very easy for me to withdraw my very easy I'm a, I want to withdraw myself I do but I, but I can't and if I want the fullness of God if I want growth if I want to mature as a man of God if I want to mature in the spirit then I must knit myself together in the body I must give my share Hallelujah. It is good. It is great. The challenge of others that, that this is the place. It's easy to come in here and sit down when we just gather and love everybody. I love you, brother. <laughs> it's hard when we have to interface with them and inter-exchange with them and talk to them and have relationship with them when we see the flaws come out, when we see the conversation, we see the aggravation, when we see the flaws come out, to love them. To not come home and be like, oh, did you see Aunt Susie? 
She had two red shoes on. You know I don't like red. <laughs> I mean, for real, though. So it gives, an, it gives us an opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to pour out the love of Christ. And the third thing is this. It's, it's the challenge of commitment. The challenge of commitment. I told you about uh, the director that told me, he said, Forrest, you know, the reason that I see people try to withdraw for their commitments is, is intimacy. And what I've noticed is this, is that in my commitments, there's two things that play out. Priority and sacrifice. In my commitments, there's two things that literally move me, motivate me, keep me, establish me, and that's priority and my sacrifices. I want to talk about sacrifice. You know, Clay sent me this verse. He, he thought he messed it up. Like, I feel like it was a God thing because I told him, I'm like, oh, I'm going to preach on fellowship. And he sent me this verse, and he was like, well, there's this verse in, in Hebrews 13 about fellowship. And then he texts me back, and he was like, oh, never mind. He was like, I, ain't, I don't say fellowship. But he started looking into the Greek. You know, Clay, oh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, let me get into the Greek here. And he was like, you know what? Matter of fact, it does say fellowship. That's the Greek word right there for fellowship. I'm like, man, how'd you do that? <laughs> but Hebrews 13, 15, 16 says this. It says, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God. That is fruit. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And verse 16 says, but do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. That word share right there is koinonia. And literally that means fellowship. And it is a sacrifice. It is a sacrificial act of giving of yourself. And it says with these things, when I'm at home and there's an event coming up and it's hot outside and I'm not trying to take my kids outside and it's just going to be uncomfortable and I dread it and I just don't like people and I don't want to do it. And, but I know that it pleases God. So I'm going to pack my bags and I'm going to put my sunblock on. <laughs> and I'm going to go because it pleases my father. And I really like this verse right here because you got verse 15 and it says these sacrificial things that is the fruit of our lips and giving thanks to God. I believe that those things happen in the gathering, that first verse. That, thing, that, that sacrifice happens in the gathering when we come in. There's a sacrifice that we give unto God. And it says, but don't forget. Don't forget to go a step deeper. Don't forget to come together and to fellowship and give yourself to good works because that pleases me. And we get, like most of us will picture, we'll, we'll hang out and we'll, 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 we'll pop a tent up in the first verse. You know what I'm saying? Like me and God, we're doing this. I'm going to praise them. I'm going to lift them up. I'm going to do a dance like Clay does, a little shuffle. I'm going to feel good about it. But when it comes to the second verse, the sacrifice of giving myself into fellowship, to being uncomfortable, to getting out and doing good works, to do these things like, man, that's a real challenge. Because it takes sacrifice. Sacrifice of what I want. Listen, I like watching TV. 
My wife literally won't let me have cable or internet because she knows I am a junkie. And if it gets in the house, like, I'm corrupted. (laughs) But we have to set those boundaries up. But we have to make sacrifices. I have to make sacrifices when I come home from a hard day's work and in my carnal mindset of me and my selfishness. It's like, man, I hope she lets me get home and lay on the couch like... Please try not to hand me the baby every 10 seconds. Like, I know you had her all day, but I'm just trying to sit here with my mouth open and do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, please, just let me do nothing. But there's sacrifices. There's sacrifices to make, to go deeper, to be knitted together. Not just me coming home and gathering with my family, but being knitted together takes sacrifice of those things that are comfortable, of myself. You know, the scripture that says, you know, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church and, and, and gave his life for her. Like, I wish that wasn't in the Bible. I'm not, I'm not trying to give my life up to do, you know, what my, I like to be comfortable. I want to sit on the couch and do nothing and I'm being real, that's what I want to do when I get home. But God, my Father, This life that I have given myself to, that I promised that I wouldn't take back, has called me to lay it down, to sacrifice all my pleasures, and to do what needs to be done to have fellowship with my family, to have fellowship, to be knitted together to a body. And the second thing is priority. I have to make it a priority. I know that, you know, Richard prays every Saturday, and dude, I know it. Like, it's literally in my calendar to go off, and every Saturday, it's like, it's like, I just sleep in, you know. I try to just lay here. I don't want to look at nobody. I can even get on there and black my screen out and mute it and just lay it somewhere just to pretend like I was there, you know. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I literally have to make these things a priority. And it's like, am I going to make this a priority? Am I going to put it over my sleep? Am I going to see it through the Word of God? Am I going to see it as something that pleases my Father and care about that enough to make it something that I prioritize in my life? That I put off my pleasures, my convenience, to make my mindset his pleasure to put others' interest above my own, to come in to communion with a body, with other people, with a mindset of Jesus Christ. That's the go. So that's what I want to pray into today. And this, and this is what I want to encourage. I encourage, like, if you struggle with it, whatever you got going on, I encourage you to come up to the Father and ask. Well, first of all, listen, I, you know, with me, I'm repenting. I have to repent. And now my wife's going to hold me accountable to this because she's watching online. She's going, <laughs> that's why I like preaching it because I know like once I step into it, I'm like, oh man, now I got I to gotta actually do this. <laughs> but you know, when I come up to this altar and, and I bring those things before God because I've seen, a new, I've seen a new truth. I've seen a new mindset. I see this truth that the Scripture and the Father wants me to follow in, and it's important that I respond to that truth and say, Father, I commit myself to you. 
Father, I'm willing to lay aside my pleasures and my convenience for your priorities. So I want to encourage you today to come forth, to connect with God, and to commit yourself. To commit yourself to the fellowship, to the knitting together of the body, of your family, of people. Father, I thank you for this word. God, you are so good, and I honor you, and I bless you, Lord, and I pray today, God, that you would lead us and guide us into growth, into maturity. Jesus, I bless the body today. I pray, Father, that you would bring about new commitments into their life, Father, new standards into their life, God, new, that you would allow them to experience life through you and through the body and through your plan. So God, we just want to honor you. We want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for your encouragement. God, thank you for the fathers today. Thank you, Father, for the influence that they have over their families. I pray you bless them. So God, this is all about you, Lord. And we lift you up and say thank you. Amen. Amen.